Welcome to One Action, a podcast by PepsiCo where we highlight contributors to the sustainability ecosystem across the region. I'm Rona Halabi. On the show today, I'm joined by Dr. Saeed Al-Hassan, Associate Professor in the Department of Chemical Engineering at Khalifa University and the founder of Manhat. Manhat uh, is a deep tech startup. The technologies we have developed so far um, can provide water without electricity, mimicking the natural water cycle. If you look at the natural water cycle, it starts by solar radiation, uh, basically heating the open water surfaces. And then this humidity will be uh, collected in the form of a cloud. And then the cloud brings the water back. And there's no electricity involved, actually. The only energy you need is the energy of the sun. So for us, we developed the technology where we place devices on open water surfaces. So the evaporating water will be captured immediately on the surface and will be produced and we can use it for uh, multiple applications. I think it's very important actually talking about water, especially for our region. How do you would you describe the situation now for us here in the UAE, but also for the larger region in terms of water availability? Well, there's, it's not a secret that uh, this region uh, and the extended Middle East, the nature of the geography dictated that we don't have a lot of... Uh, Uh, freshwater resources uh, on the surface at least. So that's why there has been a great investment in providing freshwater uh, through uh, mainly desalination of um, seawater, the Arabian Gulf or Gulf of Oman. So with such situation, uh, the way you generate energy has played a major role in uh, uh, creating uh, a carbon footprint for the way we produce water. This is a little bit uh, more manageable uh, recently because of the advancement in uh, renewable energy. Uh, but it remains a challenge because you only produce enough water to satisfy the demand. You don't have uh, an excess of water available to you uh, in case you uh, face some challenges in the water production itself. So that is one of the challenges. The water that you produce is always consumed and you always design your production to satisfy the consumption because it's still costly. This is a big challenge, as you are saying. What do you think or how do you think you are changing that? What's the impact that your work has on such challenges? When it comes to the basics elements that sustain life, which basically water and food, having electricity is a bonus. But before the invention of electricity, people have lived with water and food. So that was the major shift in our thinking and how we can come up with technologies that at least do not depend significantly on electricity. So that's the starting point. Uh, the moment you remove electricity, you already have minimized your carbon footprint uh, and it will allow you to produce water in more sustainable fashion. Uh, the second uh, added bonus for our technology is that we don't also harm the environment in the process. So if you look at uh, the current desalination technologies, uh, reverse osmosis, uh, uh, the way it works is that you take two liters of seawater, for example, and you split it into two halves. One liter, you make it uh, fresher by removing the salt from this half and put it in the second half. 
So in this process, what do you do with this uh, extremely saline uh, water, which is called brine? They have to pump it back to the ocean. And because it's high salinity, it impacts aquatic life because it uh, lowers the concentration of oxygen in the vicinity. So our technology does not produce any brine at all because we only capture uh, what we call molecular water in the vapor form. We condense it and it will not have any electrolyte, it will not have any minerals, it will not have any salt. So it is the freshest, purest water you can actually produce. So the way you've just described it, um, the work that you are doing might not be the um, quickest way, if I may say. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, so other than that, what are the challenges that you're facing? The challenge in the technology we have uh, developed is effectively the amount of water we can produce because we rely on um, solar radiation, which basically occurs every day for like eight to 10 hours. And uh, the amount of water is produced um, uh, is proportional to the area we cover. While this is a challenge in terms of uh, ability to produce significant amount of water, uh, we actually pivoted uh, into monetizing this water in a much more uh, effective way. Uh, if you look at uh, the statistics, 70% of all water used in the world is used for agricultural activities. Mm. Human consumption is about 1% to 3%. That's why in our technology uh, platform, we added the floating farm. Because we, since we are already committed to uh, produce water on a floating structure, we might as well grow the crop on a floating structure. And then we sell the crop as a way to generate revenue for the startup. Across our region, the, the farming technologies are still not very advanced. So there is a lot of water wasted, basically, yes. because farmers use a lot of water yeah. because of maybe lack of knowledge or, you know, because the technology they don't have the technologies. So how much do you think this kind of technology can actually be expand it further and how much can the farmers themselves benefit from such technologies? If you look at the uh, uh, current uh, different uh, farming technologies, uh, we have the traditional way of farming, which is basically uh, a massive arable land, and then you have to grow crops uh, on them. Um, the challenge with arable lands is that they are also declining mm. globally, it's not yeah. only because of overuse, uh, mismanagement, uh, and other factors like uh, climate change, where the amount, the excess heat waves dries up uh, the land very quickly. And then you also have the more recent technologies on vertical farming, which uh, are energy intensive and satisfy specific niche uh, number of crops. So our technologies, they don't serve directly the current farmers per se, because we are effectively, what we are saying is that our arable land actually is arable uh, sea areas. You have an earth that is covered with 70% of water and your arable lands are already declining. In addition, you have a climate chain that will uh, lead to rise in sea level. So water is coming to us, mm. no matter how hard we try. So let's go to water, grow our crops on a floating farms, which requires a different type of farmers, the current uh, farmers across the globe, they are always used to land-based farming. 
if you go to floating uh, based farming then you need to have uh, a different set of educational parameters to allow them to understand how they should grow things on a floating structure mm-hmm. because a floating structure is always dynamic compared to a static land this is something that we as pepsico are very interested in and we already have projects like in saudi in iraq in libya where we are supporting farmers with the knowledge and the technology like hydroponics yes. that they can you know put into practice to grow good crops and at the same time save the water so it's uh, it's really great to see more and more technologies like this but how do you measure the impact of the work that you're doing uh, there are many different parameters if we talk about uh, environmental impact um, we look for example at uh, the co2 emission uh, that Either we save, if we produce the same amount of, let's say, uh, mushroom as a crop, uh, and we produce it without emitting CO2, so that is uh, an indirect impact to our technology. Uh, Another way to think of it is uh, you give access to water for locations that are uh, remote areas. Um, Mm. So, for example, in in Maldives, they have almost 1,200 islands. And they require access to technology that will allow them to produce water uh, for uh, the uh, island communities. So if we are able to provide our uh, technology as a solution at the same time without impacting our environment, then that is how we can measure our impact uh, in general. Overall perspective for us is that while uh, lowering or minimizing CO2 emission is significant, is actually uh, providing a solution for water and food will have a more greater impact because you can you know appreciate that recently the uh, food security profile has become very significant file for a lot of countries and remember that if you have access to food then you have stabilities in different regions uh, uh, so that's why i think not only it will have an impact environmentally but it will help different uh, demographics and populations to be able to, uh, uh, to support their families by having food on the table. When we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Al-Hassan about how his work could help combat water shortages in drought-affected countries. Welcome back. I'm Rona Halabi and you're listening to One Action with our guest, Dr. Saeed Al-Hassan. Doctor, this summer, there was heat waves across the globe, if I may say, and there is drought. There are so many regions that are suffering. I can think of Iraq, for example, and the situation there. Um, Do you think that the technology you're working on might be able to help with that? One thing I did not mention early is that it's uh, independent uh, of the source of water. So it will work with any type of water, regardless of the amount of salt in the water. And actually, uh, um, the technology will work even better if the source of water is relatively uh, contain less amount of uh, of salt. So if we notice the heat wave uh, hitting Europe uh, in Italy, um, where the Power River has dried, uh, it it dried very quickly because it's very fresh water. So fresh water evaporates faster than salty water. Uh, so one way to use our technology is as follow. Uh, we place our devices in these rivers during summertime 
uh, and the water produced uh, from our technology uh, can be used immediately for either irrigation next to the river or to grow some crops on uh, the river itself. And it will help in uh, another way where we can actually minimize the amount of evaporation because you are effectively covering part of the river with these devices, which will uh, be the one that absorbs solar radiation first. So you cover it you, in a protective layer, where at the same time you produce the water and use the water for uh, uh, any application you like. So definitely this technology can help in minimizing the amount of water evaporating and even if the water evaporates, you can utilize it for something else. Instead mm. of allowing all this water to evaporate, you um, you have dry uh, riverbed. And additionally, um, because of the increase in temperature, the precipitation, the amount of rain coming back is not the same because the atmosphere is containing or has more capacity to contain more vapor because of the high temperature. So you solve two problems at the same time uh, by using our technology if you deploy it on rivers. And actually it will work better on rivers, as I mentioned, because rivers have uh, fresh water where the fresh water can evaporate faster and easier and you can capture it uh, on the surface. Mm. Zooming in again to maybe, you know, different stakeholders, um, how much do you feel supported and the work that you're doing? It depends on the different stakeholders that we spoken to. Uh, you have a private investors uh, who, uh, while they appreciate the environmental impact, they also look at the balance sheet and the revenue that you, you generate. If you talk to an um, organization who focus on climate change, they appreciate the solution uh, and they are supporting um, through different supports and programs that will allow us to bring this technology to the market. Uh, we do get also a lot of support from um, from individuals, from uh, communities who are interested in this uh, technology because they, they, they see the impact and they understood that the solution uh, can contribute to uh, lowering the impact on, on the environment while we actually produce water which is the most critical element for, for the world. And your work, is it focused on the UAE or would you expand further to the region? Well, uh, technically speaking, when we conceive the idea, uh, we have to look at the different markets where we can deploy the technology. So that's why our uh, patenting uh, strategy was focused on uh, large economies as a way to commercialize the technologies. Obviously, in the GCC is one of the areas we secure the patents. Uh, also, you're talking about the United States, uh, uh, certain countries in Europe, uh, and for example, uh, also India, Australia, and China as you know, big big economies. In terms of uh, operation, at this stage, we are operating in UAE, uh, but as a startup, we are open to um, possibility of opening, uh, uh, you know, other offices. Uh, in areas where we can get uh, resources to allow us to deploy and develop the technology further because it's as a startup you always want to have more funding to allow you to enhance of your technology um, so currently actually we are um, we are engaging with the Water Europe it's an organization in the 
European Union where they have different grants that can be accessible. Uh, so that's why we are uh, interested in uh, having an office in Europe to access this fund so we can further develop the technology and accelerate our uh, product deployment to different locations. How important is involving communities? I mean, awareness, I think, is very, very important because, you know, everyone consumes water and people need to be more aware of how important this resource is and that you basically need to save water for, you know, for our planet. Yes. So how do you think we can involve communities and, you know, the public at large with with such an issue? It, it comes down to uh, human psychology and... and uh, the creation of an immediate or urgent need to deal with the water as an issue. We are, as a species, we are still, will not sense the, the danger unless it's very close and near. Yeah, that's that's actually my question. Yeah. How do you raise awareness among the people that this yeah. is, you know, very serious? Well, I think you, you make it uh, personal. I believe you bring examples that... Uh, and you you explain the consequences of no action so they can understand okay this uh, issue is at a global scale we cannot just uh, avoid it uh, and you do this through different uh, programs uh, initiatives um, to allow you to at least communicate clearly and constantly because a lot of times people sense urgency and then after few months they forgot that there was an urgency about this but I think the other way to create urgency is to have um, uh, policies regulations that will make you think about um, why these regulations were created and then you know the public will be aware that uh, they were created for a reason and the reason is to safeguard our planet for future generations exactly what would be one thing to reduce the use of water and you know help as much as possible at home i remember there was this challenge of showering within three minutes <laughs> sure. which is which is great <laughs> but i mean what else can we do i think it comes back to appreciating water as a resource um, and in general it's just you know a collective um, a change in uh, in behavior of uh, of people we also have to look at the big picture uh, overall uh, i mentioned that um, 70% of all water used in the world is for irrigation. So uh, if irrigation became more efficient, you use less water to grow the same amount of crops, in addition to human uh, changing behavior, that collectively will have a significant impact. But at an individual level, um, you'll always have a spectrum of uh, reaction to this. Hopefully, if you secure you know, a significant number of people who will take action, then that should be... Um, uh, one of the outcome that any society is, is desired to have. I can think of so many places that can use technologies to help with water conservation, which is something we need to address across our region. We also ask you to be more aware of where you might be wasting water in your day-to-day. -day. You can find out more about Dr. Al-Hassan's work at manhatuae.com. One Action is brought to you by PepsiCo and is hosted by me, Rona Halabi. We're produced by Murad bin Ayed, May Barber, Marah Gurani and Shirak Desai with support from Natalie Hatoum. Thank you for joining us today and see you again next week.